This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. So I had a, a, a rite of passage today. Or, yeah, or, you did. Welcome to the club. Or not today, this week. To the, to the I know colon, what you meant. The colonoscopy club. And his passage like a pawn, like you pass gas and stool. It means you're officially an old person. Now, congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah, listeners, I had my very first colonoscopy this week, and I actually documented it on, well, on Snapchat, but my snaps are playing all out of order. So I, I duplicated it on Twitter and put it in a Twitter moment because, like, we've had friends recently that have died of colon cancer in their 40s. It is, you know, from what I'm reading, the second most common cancer and the number one most preventable cancer. Like if you get a polyp, right. like not all polyps are precancerous. Like but, you can, but, but mine were like when I had yours it, were, yeah. And you were what it, it, 45, 46? Yeah, forty. Like? I think forty six. Yeah. When I got those, and had I had my screening at forty five, which is now what the American Cancer Society recommends, they just changed it. That was they, fifty like last yeah, week. It was they just it, changed like, it to 45. three days ago. I yeah. want to say they changed it to the age of forty five, which I think in is much smarter. Yeah. Uh, because you're more likely to develop that sort of thing around that time of life. Yeah. And and so like polyps, if they're going to become cancerous, which a lot of them don't, like the majority of them don't, but if they're going to become cancerous, it takes five to 10 years. So it's super preventable as long as you go into your, for your colonoscopy. But like me, everyone's like, ew, they're going to go on my butt. They're going to cut things out of there. I got to drink that shit and it's horrible and all these things. So I documented every step of the way. I'll put a link to this in the show notes to the, my Twitter moment. But if I can get through this shit, you can too. Because if yep. you don't die of cancer... I'll be real happy, listeners. Yeah, fuck cancer. Exactly. We hate cancer. I have nightmares about cancer. Yeah. That's... Had one last night. My ex was a cancer. I have nightmares about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoinberg. And I'm Sunny Megatron, and my colon's clean. And welcome to episode 45 of American Sex Podcast. I'm I'm really excited about this week's guest. But again, we have to figure out another way to say that because every week we're like, we're really excited about this week's guest. Are we going to ever have a guest where we're like, well, this week's guest is okay. I'm not that excited. No, we're always excited about our guests. But this week I'm extra excited because Dr. Chris Donahue is our guest. Dr. Chris is a doctor of clinical sexology and human sexuality, a certified sex therapist, licensed clinical therapist, and doctoral trained in clinical psychology and continues to run his private practice out of Los Angeles. 
Dr. Chris specializes in individual and couple sex and marital therapy, as well as sexual compulsivity, sexual anorexia. Okay, I won't tell everyone that we just cut out me saying that word wrong 18 times. Uh, sexual dysfunctions and non-traditional sexuality, identities, and relationships. His expertise has been shared with hundreds during his lectures at USC, UCLA, Antioch University, and UCR. Dr. Chris is nationally recognized as a sex and relationship expert and shares his expertise as the co-host of CBS's Loveline podcast. Additionally, he's the featured expert on VH1's new The Amber Rose Show and regularly appears on segments including CBS's The Doctors, Wee's Sex Box, Logo TV's Bad Sex. He's been featured in Newsweek, National Geographic, CNN, OWN, Dr. Drew's Life Changers, and lots, lots more. Dr. Chris aims to elevate the conversation around masturbation and help foster cultural acceptance. He's also Tanga brand ambassador. Now, we love Tanga. With aid from Tanga's 2018 Global Self-Pleasure Report, he places significant importance on the realization that being empathetic and open to the needs of yourself and those around you isn't weak or taboo, but rather a necessity to break down social stigmas and allow everyone to be their authentic selves. Dr. Chris believes these social stereotypes tell men to disconnect from their emotions, objectify women, and resolve conflicts through violence, which end up hurting men and women at large on a global level. Now, first of all, I wanted to tell everybody that we are not getting kickbacks from Tanga for this episode. This is something that uh, Tanga happens to be one of those top three products that I absolutely believe in as a sex toy advocate for people with cocks. I fuck everything that I can with my penis as long as it everything? is everything. Well, Every- not everything. That, as donuts? long as it's consensual and it isn't a moving thing. Or at least donuts don't move. That's you true. Fucked, have you fucked a donut? Oh, yeah. yeah. I fucked a donut. Really? Yeah. You fucked a donut? Yeah. Rip that fucking thing apart. Oh, you never I told ate me it about too. that. Oh, fuck. I would eat a donut off your dick. Oh, right my now? God. Not right now. We're doing a podcast. What, what kind of donut? Boston cream. That'd feel good, wouldn't it? It would. Ooh, you want to okay. do that? Uh, For real? We're in the... Yes, <laughs> okay. I do. But we're in the middle of a podcast. So let's finish this and then I'll... Then, I'll, then we'll eat... We'll, we'll do donut donuts. dicks. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. So I'm going to think about donut dicks in your boobs for the rest of the day. I'm sorry, sweetheart. As I was mentioning, we're not getting kickbacks from Tanga. I actually strongly believe in their products and always have been. But keep in mind that I am a circumcised cis male and I have needs that are very particular to my type of person. And a lot of people can't use TPE and TPR, but for us people with circumcised penises, we don't have as many mucous membranes that are open that can cause sensitivity or irritation. Because of that one reason, the high-end companies that make TPE and TPR toys like Tanga are the most number one amazing sex toy for people with circumcisions. You know, I really got a lot of this conversation. I kind of felt like when you forget to water your plants and you're like, oh my God, and then they get watered and they're like, oh, yes, I was that plant. So, you know, I was thinking about it. We work in an industry that's based on vulnerable and uncomfortable truths, you know, sexuality, and that's what our business is made of. We deal in encouraging authenticity. And during this conversation, it really blew me away that Dr. Chris touched on some things that were vulnerable, authentic truths to me, 
who's someone who's swimming in a sea of already vulnerable and authentic truths that, you know, I deal with every day. So our discussion around like periods of asexuality being a very normal part of people's sex lives, as well as how we can use solo sex in partnered relationships, those parts of the conversation really hit home with me, especially at this point in my life. And listeners, I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation too. Oh, and also his answer to how much masturbation is too much may surprise you. And his position is one that you don't really hear many other sexuality educators or sex therapists echo. And I found it really refreshing. So you're going to dig that. But first, before we get to Dr. Chris, we got a listener question. Oh, yes. What was it? I think this one is perfect for you. So here's a question. Bring it. Hey, guys, I love the podcast. And I've listened to every episode. I'm 19 years old. And my girlfriend and I are starting to buy more sex toys and experiment more. I'm really interested in trying a prostate stimulator. I just have no clue on which one would be a good starter. If y'all could give me some feedback or maybe suggestions, that would be awesome. And we both would really appreciate it. So Ken, I know you have lots of thoughts on prostate toys. What do you say? I do. Um, now, first and foremost, the the initial thing that you need to find out is how much space you have in there because you have, it, you know, there's there's a little bit of room from one person to the next and assholes are kind of elastic. So we start by using what's called the finger rule where you stick one finger in and if you can get that comfortably and that's you don't think you can take anything larger than that, you're going to go with the one finger. Then you're going to try and slide in two. If it's two that's comfortable, then you're going to get a toy that's about the size of two fingers together, then three toys, and so on and so forth. Generally speaking, you should be around two to three as an average. Now, there's only one sex toy that I would, or one brand of sex toy that I would actually recommend, and that is the Aneros line. Aneros prostate toys are specifically designed by a physician that specialized in this part of the body. Now, what you want to do is figure out what size you need first. If you're going to start with something average, I'd recommend the Aneros Helix. If you're on a one finger budget, then we're looking at the Aneros UFO. And if you're a little bit larger, then we're going with the Aneros MGX. Now, the Aneros line is not only ergodynamic, but they have a very, very small base and they have two little curvy handles that goes around that prevents it from getting in any deeper. The reason that you want that base to be small is no matter how large you are, it will help control the position of where the head of the prostate toy goes if you can scrunch down there and then move your knees up towards your chest. So if you're having problems with the location of it, just relax and move your knees upward just the tiniest bit and you can feel exactly which way to do that. Now, if it's a larger toy and it's as thick at the bottom as it is at the top, you don't have the capability for that fine tuning. So we'll put those products in the show notes for you to look at a little bit later on. Yeah. And those of you who are Patreon supporters that are the $10 level and up, one of our bonus episodes was a, a like a prostate uh, mini sex ad lesson. That's like, like half hour, 40 minutes or whatever. So we, we talk a lot about that and oh, yeah. those toys and whatnot. But speaking of Patreon, you know what time it is. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Woo! Woohoo! Tim, Adora, S, Virginia, 
and especially Maya. Thank you all for joining our Patreon family this past week. Thank you. Thank we you guys. love you. We love you guys. Thank you so much. And we're at 76 Patreon family members, 24 more, and we both get ass whoopings. And wait, if you're like, wait a minute, weren't we at 76 last week? A, damn, your attention to detail is outstanding. And two, or B, whatever. You're right. You see, each month when our Patreon bills, we have some users that, you know, have expired credit cards that month and whatnot, and they their subscription bounces back and they get unsubscribed. So this last month when we billed, we had six folks that bounced off. So that's why even though we gained six members this week, we're still back at 76. That means we need to work even harder to get to our goal of 100 members by July 5th. And if we make it, we're going to consensually beat the hell out of each other. I'm going to whoop her ass. I'm going to whoop your ass. No, I'm going to whoop I'm your gonna ass. I'm going to whoop your ass. We've... What if I put a donut on your deck? Will you be nicer to me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we made a bet that if we hit 100 Patreon members, I thought we were hitting each other. By July 5th, <laughs> we'd take a spank for every Patreon member, and we're going to record it for you, too. Hey, I have a question. What if we don't make it, but we're really close? Like, what if there's 98? Are we really going to be know. dicks and not do it? I don't know. We'll see. We'll decide. spontaneity i'm kind of looking forward to it now so like i know so we need to get 24 members in the next month please help us we want to beat each other and put donuts on ken's dick oh and also we give really great giveaways to our patreon members so encourage if everybody could encourage at least one friend to join up think about how much toy love could be spread around Mm -hmm. also by becoming an american sex podcast patreon family member you get other perks too like getting our episodes early bonus stories from guests extra episodes and our surprise random mailings by the way so a bunch of you followed my Instagram last week, my at Sunny Megatron Instagram. So that's the page that we use to promote this podcast. Because last week I was telling you how the internet is just being a fuckheads to anyone in the sexuality field. And I'm having the hardest time on social media getting my post seen. And if I get to 10,000 followers on Instagram, it opens up a bunch of um, extra features that I can use that'll help our business grow. So please keep following me on Instagram. That helps so much. And those of you who already did, thank you a ton. So Ken, do you know what month it is? What month is it? It's Pride Month. Yeah. And our sponsor, Peep Show Toys, is having a Pride and Joy sale. If you shop peepshowtoys.com and use the code PRIDE, P-R-I-D-E-N-J-O-Y, you'll get 18% off a huge collection of awesome toys. Nearly a 100 different products, many of which are my favorite toys, lubes, accessories. They have like pride flag, dildos, and all sorts of really cool things. Also in the collection is my favorite, the Womanizer Pro 40. Also the Femme Fun Ultra Bullet. So much cool stuff. Go check it out. It goes on until June 19th. Again, at peepshowtoys.com. Use code PRIDE, P-R-I-D-E, the letter N, and then J-O-Y. And I will also have that link and code in the show notes. And also, wait, but wait, there's more. I'm going to give you a rotisserie chicken and a donut on your penis. No, not doing that. But Peep Show Toys. You, wait, you didn't tell me I'm getting a rotisserie chicken, too. <laughs> You're making this deal sweeter all the time. So I, we get to have sexy time with a donut on my dick, and I get to eat a rotisserie chicken. I, I wanted you to fuck the chicken. Uh, <laughs> okay, no. Like a pie, yeah. A chicken's too close to a living creature. That's like 
That's oh, like necrophilia, oh, dude. Yeah. Think about what you're asking. Seriously, yeah, you're it's right. like like rubbing some chicken skin on my dick, maybe, but not fucking a child. Like eh, that's too much. Could I no. make like a, a stroker out Especially of chicken, chicken skin out of oily no, chicken skin? No, no, no. Okay, no, I'm not gonna. I'll fuck a pie. I'll fuck something vegan. <laughs> you fuck. You fuck me. I'm not vegan. No, but for food. Okay. All right. <laughs> so anyway, Peep Show Toys is not going to give you a rotisserie chicken to fuck or a donut, but what they are going to give you is a Lalo Sona for 69 bucks. Yeah, that is a steal. So watch our show notes for that link because, hey, 69 bucks. Wait, not even 69 bucks because... Hey, you know, I got my peepshowtoys.com discount code, right? It's Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. You'll get 10% off your entire order at peepshowtoys.com, including the Lalo Sona. So go do that. And we have also teamed up with Castle Megastore to give away an Ojoy Lily Rose Silicone Thrusting Rabbit Vibrator. Wow, that's a lot of words. To enter, go to sunnymegatron.com slash Ojoy. That's O-J-O-Y. Don't forget, you get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Guess what it's time for now? Fucking the donut time with a maybe a vegan thing? Maybe for us, <laughs> because this interview is pre-recorded, so we can just bloop, set it and forget it, like a rotisserie chicken. I'm not fucking a rotisserie chicken. Oh, damn it. Okay, I'll figure something. What about a tofurkey? No. You wouldn't fuck a tofurkey? Not if it was in the shape of a turkey. We could call just... it a tofurkey. I would fuck a tojina. That, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a vajangle? A vajangle? No, a tofu vagina. What oh, a tojina. <laughs> I thought you were going to fuck me. You know, like when you go, okay, you've never had a pedicure. When you go to the pedicure, okay, listeners, you know when you had a pedicure and they grease up your toes and then they stick their fingers between your toes like in a sex motion. When they toe rape you? Yeah. It's like, and I'm like, whoa, what are you doing? I hate that. Oh, my God. Anyway. No, so- I meant a tofu vagina. Like that, I'd fuck. You'd fuck a tofu vagina or a tofu ass. I don't care. One of, the, but not not in the shape of a turkey or a chicken. I think it would fall apart. It's going to fall apart no matter what it's shaped like. That's true. Anyway, while we debate fucking tofu and maybe fuck a donut, here is Doctor Chris Donahue. All right, we have on the line with us. I'm really excited. We have Doctor Chris Donahue. Hi, Doctor Chris. Hey, hey how are you? We are doing so great, and it's such an honor to talk to you today. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on our podcast. And I'm super excited because we finally get to talk about penis-oriented toys on our show. And yay, penis. Yay, penis, because like, I almost never get a chance to talk about the, the penis toys. It has been a very penis sex toy-related week for me because I've tried the best penis sex toy on the market and the worst penis sex toy on the market this week. And the best one happens to be a Tanga and Tanga is not paying me for this. They are not, they have nothing to do with that. This is just, they make the best sex toy on the market. So Dr. Chris, thank you for being on the show. And like, let's get going and talking a little bit about penis geared sex toys. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And and so uh, you, you, what a great intro, the worst and the best. Yeah. Tanga, Tanga is one of the best for multitude of reasons, which is why I've happily been working with them for a few years. And I think they kind of hit a couple of really important points, which is sex toys for men tends to be a little daunting. Um, I don't, I don't know a lot of guys that have them. And I think it's because there's, you know, a large misunderstanding as to what role they can play. And I also know some guys whose partners can sometimes be threatened by masturbation habits and things like that. So, you know, Tanga's mission has been to create a product 
that doesn't mimic um, or compete with anatomy. And that's why some sex toys are really anatomy driven and looking and Tanga just focuses on quality and design. And for those that aren't familiar, definitely go on the Tanga website because they're architecturally stunning first off. So you have a lot of confidence kind of leaving them around. I mean, I, I traditionally have them presented in my bedroom and it generates a lot of important conversation. Um, but second to that, I think they've really thought about what would a penis owner be looking for in terms of a sex toy. And, you know, I know I'm quite lazy, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I own that right off the bat. I can be sexually lazy. And so uh, Tenka has a product that I'm a big fan of called the egg. And it's, you know, pocket sized. You can travel with it. The lube is already in there. It's one use. You can throw it away. And so, you know, that's one of my favorite products. You know what? It's one of mine too. And we actually have a great alternative use for that particular product because coincidentally, it stretches enough to fit over a magic wand style vibrator. So if you want to give a magic wand an additional texture, that's one of the things that we talk about. Um, Tenga's design on the inside looks like Cthulhu's tentacles. It's just incredible because there's points in there that like it should be in no human anatomy whatsoever, but it hits all my tingly spots all at once. So kudos to Tenga for getting all the right things. Yeah. And, and again, like a lot of their products have an internal structure, like you just kind of called out that that differs from product to product. And so you can kind of play around with what feels better or worse. But, you know, on a larger scale, it's, you know, masturbation, May is masturbation month. And I just think it's really important to have the conversation that masturbation is not only, you know, really valuable for multitude of reasons, but it's a legitimate form of sexuality. And I think that often gets left out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it very often masturbation is looked at, you know, kind of a, a second best. Well, if you can't get anything else, like, Guess you'll have to have sex with yourself. And and it's interesting how you say that sex toys for men are looked down upon, you know, in the last yeah. few years. You know, we we had sex in the city and we had all you know, all of these sex toys and vibrators in mainstream media. And now uh women and primarily women who sleep with men are like, Yeah, you know, we we can masturbate, we get the sex toys, you know, bring it in bed and da da. Even though we're so open-minded with that, we're still like, ew, you've got a pocket pussy, you perv, you know? (laughs) That's the thick perv part, yeah. Yeah. Now, how do we change that? Is it that we think like men are masturbating too much and it's bad? Like, where does this come from and where do we go? Yeah, I mean, the the way I've taken up this this challenge, because, you know, as you both know, attempting to create any shift culturally or socially around sex positivity or body positivity is such an uphill battle with so many bumps in that road. But I, 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 I hit it on a couple different levels. The first one is I talk openly about the role that, you know, masturbation and sex toys play in my own life, just as a way to get the conversation normalized to get people comfortable hearing such conversations, um, to kind of welcome other people to do that with me. And that's been really valuable. Right. Um, you know, I, I was telling this joke the other day, I did a Facebook live for Tenga and I was saying how, 
if, if I showed up at a brunch and I said to my friends, oh man, I had awesome sex last night. Let me tell you all about it. Let me tell you about my sex partner. Everyone's comfortable. Everyone's in. But if I rolled in and I said to them, I had the most amazing masturbation session last night. Let me <laughs> tell you all about how, let me tell you all how I masturbated. Let me show you what I did. Let me show you with my hand. Let me show you what I used. People would freak out, right? Like yeah. it's too vulnerable. It's too personal. Um, somehow partnered sex is just more digestible and comfortable for us. But you talk about solo sexuality and um, it becomes like that too much information thing for people. So I'm just trying to openly always discuss it. Uh, ask people if they don't masturbate or use sex toys, why? And, um, and I think it's a lot of sex shame, uh, you know, recognizing that they prioritize sex because that's what, you know, sex toy purchase says is that sex is important to me. Sex with myself is important to me. Um, and I think people really have shame in prioritizing and legitimizing sex in that way. It's supposed to be something that's secondary in our lives, not primary. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I am going to call out the company that made the very bad sex toy that I tried this week. So first of all, the satisfier company makes a great pro or make product for, uh, people with clitorises. But they just came out with a product that they call the Satisfier for Men, first of all. Like, Buck Angel's a man, and he doesn't have a dick, and it wouldn't fit in their product, so it wouldn't work for Buck. If you want to use that, the Buck Off is a great alternative. But the Satisfier for Men was fucking a... A it was a dissatisfier or it was like it was like fucking a bowl of jello that didn't quite get done congealing yet. It's Whoa. it's like a fleshlight only it's not good. It's, it's awful. It is the worst sex toy I've ever tried. So I'm, I'm going to call them out because we were supposed to give one of these products away next month and we had to call the distributor and say no, we're not going to do it because I can't put our names behind this. Yeah, good for you. And you're saying it's because internally the material. It's the no material. Yeah, so it slips right out of the case. It's um, it it just it's too soft. You know, like when you take a look at a product like um, any Tanga product or even a Fleshlight, they're textured on the inside and they have all sorts of different textures that create a little bit of resistance. This thing doesn't have that. It's almost like a form of TPE that's uh, like almost like cyber skin. It's they were trying to be hyper real and it failed. I describe it as a marshmallow without the sticky. Yeah, that's a good oh, description, God. actually. Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. And that's one of the things about being a sex toy, you know, individual, you know, if you're an advocate for them, you get failure sometimes. So when we when we advocate for something, it's because we 100% believe in it. Now, you guys have done a lot of research into uh, men who feel more. And I know that the study had come out. Can you tell us a little bit about what you focused on in that? Sure. Yeah. So Tanga did um, their 28 study and it's the largest study done it's the tango 2018 global self-pleasure survey and it's the largest study that's been done on masturbation habits and patterns and attitudes and it was really looking to break down um where are we and then also kind of looking at it based on where do we where could we go uh where do we need to go how do we get there and they were talking a lot about masculinity and this concept of what they're deeming the feel more man. And it's looking at attitudes around masculinity. And, you know, we talk a lot right now about things like toxic masculinity and how it reinforces these ideas about how a man's supposed to be. And not only is it antiquated and sexist, but it also really limits a man in terms of how he might be in a relationship, but more importantly to this, how he's going to interact with his own sexuality, especially masturbation. And what was really powerful that came out of the study is looking at 
the men that work on breaking away from those norms, those that quote unquote feel more, mm-hmm. there's really, really important and powerful links to, you know, higher quality of life, more satisfactions in relationships, doing better at work, and the outcomes are are massive and so powerful. Right, right. I know that you you have been very outspoken when it comes to a lot of social issues that deal with, you know, sexism and sexuality and, and body positivity and all sorts of things. And all the time I'm going through Facebook and I'm reading your statuses and I'm giving you like the silent <laughs> cyber high five. I'm like, yeah, Dr. Chris. Yeah. I love when I get that little like from you. I mean, yeah. there's a few people whose opinions I value and yours is one of those. Oh, so just my goodness. That, that's deeply appreciated. Oh, sure. th- yeah. I'm I'm flattered that you value my opinion. I'm flattered that you're flattered. Um, but I think that a lot of people, you know, we, we sort of preach to the choir because we're the people in the, the sex positive circles and the educators and whatnot. And we know what we're talking about. And we're followed by a lot of people that are very sex positive and they're like, yeah, and they're, you know, giving you the cyber high fives too. But when it comes to reaching the people that aren't following us or that aren't in that sex positive circle, we hit a real roadblock. I know I get, and I'm sure you do too. I'll get people going, why are you talking about the social justice stuff? Or why are you talking about politics? Or why are you talking about sexism? Can't you just talk about sex? Why do you have to bring all that into it? But it really is such an integral part of it. So how do we get these people that don't think it matters to realize it matters. I know that's a huge question. Solve the world, um, Chris, right now. <laughs> I'm going to do it really World quick, peace, really immediately. Quick. Yeah. Well, I, I would say this. Um, so I agree with you wholeheartedly in that a lot of the people that follow someone like myself or, or you is, is already bought into on some level what we're kind of talking about, the work we're doing. And so it's not as powerful. Um, I think for me, I have a really lazy answer. Um, I don't want that to be my, the theme of who I am because I'm actually not, not lazy. But like, you know, <laughs> you know, I, and maybe it's like work smarter, not harder. Maybe you're the smart one of all of us being lazy. So. I, I've been I've been given the opportunity in my career to have access to some platforms that are so vanilla or so traditional and standard and my my presence has been able and my message has been able to be just such a powerful act of resistance against continuing and reinforcing those norms um i used to do the doctors which was a daytime talk show and that is the population that needs this message the most and even doing my own podcast love line with amber rose people that are, are fans of amber's which would make you think are already very sex positive, body positive. It's, it's actually not the case. And so through platforms like that and just getting, you know, invited to talk at some universities and things like that, um, I, I've really been able to use that as a time to challenge some of the problematic thinking that people have. If I didn't have those platforms, the work would for sure be much harder because the only people that would seek out my work would be those, again, that were open to change or were already on board. Um, so for those that don't have access to a larger platform, your work is still very meaningful and still very needed because people will still find it. And 
and, and might identify or attach to some component of it that that will transform them. But um, it's hard. It's very hard because we're talking about some really radical things and some triggering topics that people don't want to address because you can't talk about sexual health and wellness without talking about race and gender and transphobia and homophobia and classism. All of those things are all brought in and tied together. And so we, we have those difficult conversations. But um, again, I try to make anywhere I go that moment of intervention. I mean, you should see me in line at Whole Foods at a dinner party. I'm I'm making all these moments count. You know what I mean? Like the conversations I'm having openly, the way I'll challenge, uh, the way others are talking about things. I mean, you just got to be an activist no matter where you are, whether I'm at the gym and I'm calling out body shaming as I hear it in the locker room or like I said at a dinner party and someone slut shames or says something anti-sex work and I say, hey, wait a minute. Um, You know, I I don't agree with that or you're being very oppressive in that statement or can we, you know, unpack what was just said? I think you just have to constantly do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm totally on board with everything you're saying. I'm like, yeah, it's like I'm at church. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm at preach it. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm the most religious thing I've ever heard you say, cause we're both atheists. I know <laughs> that's as close as I get. This is my religion, Ken. Um, and, and and I'm going back thinking, you know, looking at the, the findings of the study that Tanga did, because this is, was a yeah. global study. And, of course, our podcast is American Sex. And we're Americans, so we focus on what's happening here at home. But I found it really interesting, like, some of the statistics in the study were, was it like the places with the most uh, sexual satisfaction was like India and, and Mexico? And, and, and Yeah, and places where I'm like, oh, okay. so Yeah, U.S. Felt, landed, like, in the middle. Yeah, which in one way... I'm like, really? But then another way, I'm like, of course we did. I'm surprised we weren't lower. (laughs) But what are some of the things that Tango found or just that you've even observed during your career and during your life that we can glean from other cultures that, you know, because we're we're Americans, we're so insulated. We think we're the entire world. Oh, we sure do. Yeah. So looking out the window, (laughs) what can we learn from these other cultures that maybe we don't even realize? Yeah, I I think something that I cite often is that, you know, the cultures that have more permissive attitudes around pornography and sexuality and nudity, uh, you know, the cultures that are comfortable encountering it, supporting it, discussing it, allowing it, they tend to have lower rates of sexual violence, sex crimes, um, STDs, teen pregnancy. And so there's something in that. Because it says that, you know, sex positivity isn't just about or activism around sexuality and sexual liberation. It has a larger impact on just relationality um, and sexual health in general. And that's that's huge because we we often think and there's all these laws constantly being passed that are pushing against access to sexuality and the lawmakers with you know FOSTA and SESTA that are shutting down access to sex work and they think that they're you know helping culture evolve and getting rid of sex trafficking and what they're actually doing is the opposite they're pushing things underground they're creating more phobia and anxiety and um they're moving us towards the problems that they're thinking they're resolving and so mm-hmm. what we glean from the information is sex positivity and sexual openness has huge impacts on, you know, social health problems. 
Oh God, yes, yes. And when you when you said Sesta Fosta, like all my little hairs stood up because yep. I am seeing, you know, obviously it is affecting our friends who are sex workers, like you wouldn't believe. But it's yes. also bleeding into sex education. Like I'm having issues on YouTube now. They're taking down my videos because they're sexually explicit when they're very educational. You know, I'm I, I'm not out there being salacious not that there's anything wrong with being salacious but you know i think that i don't think the general public really realizes how much these laws are really hindering everybody like the alternate sex sites like fet life are taking a hit like we're all going to be you know all of us are going to be in the closet before we know it right and it's all being driven by misinformation and not looking at the facts and also by these legislators not really communicating with the people or the communities that's going to impact or even experts like us. Um, I haven't been approached <laughs> and asked how, what, what might the uh, trickle down effects of this be? What, what communities might we be oppressing needlessly around this? What are other options and ways to go about ending sex trafficking, which is what is the rally call right now as to why all these things are happening? Um, they're kind of staying insulated, right? And it's a very closed system. And so they're creating a lot of problems and they, they really need to be asking the communities and the experts and kind of being guided by that, um, we're backsliding. And that's what's so scary is I felt, though, as though for a while we were kind of making movements forward. But the SESTA, uh, the, uh, uh, SESTA I can't even say it right now. But <laughs> yes. You're so mad you can't what? even say it. I, know, I can't even put the words together. But with the passing of this bill, it's, it's really pushing us backwards and very quickly. And it's scary. You know, and this brings up another question I wanted to to get out and, and ask you about. Uh, Sesta Fosta was originally, in, and, and I'm terrified to think that this actually happened, it was originally proposed by a lobbyist that supported Hillary Clinton. Now, everybody thinks that it's the Republicans that started it. They're right. the ones who wrote the law, but they're not the ones. Swanee Hunt, who's an oil millionaire, is the one who wanted to, you know, do stuff against anti-sex trafficking. And I think we can all agree sex trafficking bad. Uh, but this bill is so poorly written and it's so poorly executed that, you know, we had 97 of our senators vote for this in the affirmative. Yeah. And this leads to a big question. I've had a huge uh, debate on a thread on Facebook about people not wanting to vote for anybody that voted for SESTA and FOSTA. So automatically they ta- that takes out people like Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders because they both voted for it. Yes. Do you have any advice as to who to vote for or what platform that we should utilize to determine this because if everybody's a loser in this, do we choose the lesser evil? Oh man, you're asking a huge question. Um, Solve the world's problems. Solve the world's problems, Dr. Chris. No pressure. No pressure. I I haven't figured that out myself for myself yet. So I don't have a definitive answer. I'm struggling because with Kamala, I, I, it's hard to say because we have to really unpack is this an error on someone's part? Is this a misinformed component? Or is this someone who is um, not a feminist, anti-sex? I have to do more research around all that. I, I don't have an answer. Yeah. Um, but I was a supporter of hers up until now. And so I'm kind of figuring out where I lean with someone like her. Yeah, and Bernie. It sucks. It's like now it's like, oh, God damn, you all suck. What? You know? <laughs> yeah. I followed her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I was a huge proponent. Um, I don't know. I just need Maxine Waters to not let us down. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. 
So, all right, we're going to take a break and then I'm going to switch gears because like I'm I'm getting mad now. I'm getting mad. My boners. Go- Not that I had a boner, but it's, it is. <laughs> we're going to talk about whacking off more and masturbation and sex toys and how to pick a good sex toy if you have a penis and you've never had one, which I don't know the statistic, but I'm thinking it's probably the majority, right? What, do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the majority of men are not using um, sex toys or don't own one. Again, it's that whole it's that whole laziness factor. Yeah, reference, but we can talk more about that. Yeah, well, we got to solve that. That's the world problem we're going to solve after our break. So we'll be right back. Hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Mega store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. That was the best orgasm ever. And we're back with Dr. Chris talking about all sorts of great stuff and I think giving attention to people that don't get that much attention i think in the in the sex conversation would you agree ken yeah yeah absolutely dr chris do we start do we need to start talking about male sexuality more yeah is this a huge problem as as huge as i think it is yeah because i think it's often talked about as though it's really basic and really simple and it's just about getting an erection penetration bam we're done nothing more to it i mean god aren't you always horny anyway right (laughs) well it's funny we should bring that up i actually am going through a phase of my life right now where i am more low sexual low sex drive and more asexual than i've ever been in the decades i've been on this planet me too but i think it's menopause for me so yeah. wh- what's your story? Uh, me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am. Gosh, I'm, I'm newly out of a long term uh, relationship and I'm just now starting to really encounter some of the damage of that. And it's just had a really interesting impact on my sexuality where before I was definitely more sexual, um, more sexually driven. But these days it's it's this odd shift into 
hyper-relationality, not that sexuality doesn't have relationality in it, because it, in my mind it always does, but just more of a sensual, relational, and less of a sexual, erotic time for myself, which is so interesting. But I mean that only in terms of partnered sex, not in terms of solo sex. You know, it's interesting. You and I are the, uh, I think, two of the only cis male tattooed sex educators in the world. And we have very similar problems in that I think that with we focus on our relationships, it becomes apparent to us as individuals that people are focusing on our sexuality no matter what, because we are talking about sex all the time. And I have found that in between relationships, just anecdotally, I have a lower sex drive than a higher sex drive because uh, there's this not a, not necessarily a need to perform, but it's always in the back of my mind. What are they going to be thinking of me? And do I have to be absolutely expert in everything? Do you think you're coming across the same sort of thing? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely an expectation. Um, there's the assumption that I'm going to either have it all always figured out or that I'm going to kind of swoop in with some magical like cock with like glitter <laughs> and, and flames shooting out and just have sex with my partners in some way that they've never had before. And like, in some ways I think that that is accurate. <laughs> I think that I, I can sexually, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about yourself, but I think it's at times I can sexually have such confidence and be so creative and so willing to just be spontaneous and see what happens and just so secure in my body that that can be new for people because I think a lot of people aren't used to someone who is just comfortable going where things go and letting whatever happen to their body. I'm all about full-bodied sexuality. I don't have any areas that are kind of off limits and that's really confusing to people. Um, but then there are times where my own insecurities come up and I am unsure of myself for whatever reason, because of who I'm having sex with or because of something that happened in some other area of my life and I'm feeling a little fragile or unsure. And that, that can be shocking to people. And it's so dehumanizing because I have to be able to experience a full range of levels of confidence and security about my body and my sexuality. Yeah, for sure. I feel pretty much the same way. I'm an orgasmic sorcerer when it comes to getting other people off, but my dick doesn't always want to do what my brain wants it to do. <laughs> I haven't heard that before, an orgasmic sorcerer. I like that. <laughs> so I found it interesting, though, that you said that you're you're going through a shift in your life where you are feeling you know more sensual and wanting to have more of that human connection, less of the sexual connection. However, you said that doesn't count for solo sex. So right, you right. and yourself, you yourself and you are still, you know, having a blast, right? Me, me, myself and I are having a very active sex life. It's just, I'm at this point. And again, I think that it, it, there's such a, there's a beauty in this, in this phase of my life, because again, it, it really gets that message out there that solo sexuality is acceptable. It's legitimate. And right now that's almost how I'd want to sexually identify as like, I'm solo sexed. If you want to go on a date with me, it's going to be a lot of hugging and kissing and talking, but I can't promise it's going to be sexuality because right now my sexuality is kind of driven towards myself. And, you know, thankfully I'm working with Tanga. They uh, provide me with a multitude of sex toys. I've, I've explored them all. I can tell you which ones are my favorites and why. And um, it's kind of where I'm living right now. And it's really interesting for me to talk about that because that's shocking to people for me to openly own that I'm just more masturbatory right now in solo sex and that that's a phase I'm in and I'm not pathologizing it. I'm not running from it. I'm not hiding it just where I live and I'll live there as long as I do. Yeah. Yeah. That is just, that's amazing. You know, cause I felt 
that at times in my life. And it's something that you don't talk about. So everyone out there who's in the same situation, it's okay. It's okay. Did you feel bad about that time? Yeah. Like I'm kind of having that time right now. And I don't know if it's age or, you know, my hormones or whatever, but I kind of feel bad about it. But then I'm, I am also, you know, this is my job. So I know logically I'm like, it's okay. But every once in a while, yeah. I still get that sneaking little thing coming up behind me like, come on, is this normal? You know? <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, shut oh, up, sure. little voice. Shut up. Oh, yeah. So yeah. And it's also, you know, with me being um, out there dating, I, I'm open about it where if someone would want to be in a committed relationship with me right now, I'd say to them, let's talk about nothing monogamy driven because I can't offer you <laughs> the sex life you might want. And so if you're looking for an active sex life, you should um, date someone else while you're dating me or seek that in other forms or God, get really creative and try to really entice me back into it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you can lay in bed next to me and we can just masturbate together. <laughs> and, and, and well said. And, and I love that. And that's such an interesting and important component about um, sex toys to talk about is that it doesn't always have to be about you with yourself. I mean, it, it it's allowed for partnered use. And in fact, that can sometimes be the hottest use of them with sex leaves is to have a partner use it on you or for you to use it on yourself in front of someone. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite things is that uh, when we do mutual masturbation, I have an aneros helix, you know, tickling my prostate, a tanga on my dick. Uh, I, you know, and sometimes you just need another person just in order to manipulate all the objects. I wish I had more arms because then I'd be able to maybe touch my nipples at the same time that I have something up my ass and on my cock and somebody tickling my balls or something tickling my balls at the same time. Right. And then like, you know, he just does his thing and he might look over and be like, take your boobs out. Just he needs to look at them. That's all. We don't even need to touch each other. It's great. <laughs> but I and I applaud you for bringing that in, because, again, you know, the, the, the dark, deep, dark secret around some of this is, you know, male anal play and anal stimulation. And um, that's that's also something that needs a lot more normalization. Yeah. Yeah. You can take my prostate toys away from me when you pry it from my dead, cold hands. Like your, your dead, cold ass. Can you my dead, cold ass. Oh, my dead, cold ass. <laughs> I applaud you. I applaud you. It's. It's, it, you know, prostate stimulation is such a game changer. You know, the minute that became introduced into my life, I had the same experience where I thought, there's no way I'm moving away from this. I don't care what gender, you know, the, my partner is. Um, that has become an important part of my sexuality with myself and, and partner in sex. And so, um, yeah, you know, that's another mission I have is just trying to get men, especially hetero-identified men, to get more comfortable with ass play. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's one of Ken's, like, as you're kind of the prostate, you know, superhero for, for straight guys. Like, it's okay. You don't have to feel weird. It's a place on your body that feels good. It doesn't have a sexual orientation. And you can reduce your rate of prostate cancer, which is the biggest thing. It's a life changer when, when you use this stuff. And by the way, sex toy companies look at Aneros first before you decide to make a prostate toy and just take a G spot toy and call it a prostate toy because they're different angles, different locations, different depths. And we don't need massive amounts of vibration. Aneros first. Just take a look at it. 
So, <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh, I will not comment on Anaros. I am Team Tanga. <laughs> okay. Do, do they make a prostate toy? Um, they don't. They don't. They don't at, the, at this time. They do make small handheld vibrators that you can use um, on your anus externally, but they have not yet moved into prostate stimulators. But we'll work on that. We're going to get there. There'll be a new frontier because Dr. Chris, you're changing the world. That's one of your assignments. I want it to be the Tanga Dr. D prostate stimulator. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So, all right. So for the people with penises that are listening that are like, you know what? I don't have a toy or I have a toy, but I keep it in secret and I don't, you know, play with my partner with it. So where can these people start? Like how, how do you go one, just go, all right, there's all these, these, penis toys and most of them if we're talking about strictly penis toys like strokers it's usually like it's a hole and you fuck it in some capacity and they all kind of look the same so how do you go at at evaluating one deciding which one's the right one for you and seriously even though you've teamed up with tanga even ken and i are on team tanga i don't even have a dick and i'm on team tanga yeah team tanga has (laughs) been a part of my like sex toy vocabulary since the beginning my top three sex toys are always like an enjoy pure wand uh, Tanga flip hole and then ox balls like ox is amazing. Yeah. He makes great products. Um, but let's go ahead and like, let, tell us a little bit more about Tanga. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, so I like, I like making everything, you know, as a sex therapist working with couples that come in, it's, it's usually that their sex phobia or uncertainty around sex toys and sexuality can tend to be a little bit bigger. So I like everything to be a little more experiential. So I'm a big fan of telling couples to go together or on your own to a sex boutique. And mm-hmm. I tell them to go in, <clears throat> find the area that has toys like this. You'll, you can absolutely find Tanga immediately. I mean, their packaging is stunning, architecturally beautiful. And go pick them up and look at them. Um, see if anything turns you on or arouses you. Go with that. But more than that, just be willing to make an investment in a couple different products because – I, you can't assume that the first one you buy and try is necessarily going to be something that works for you. And that's okay. Right. But take some time and invest in a few different ones because I know there's such a diversity. And just to talk about Tenga has um, a product called the egg and Tenga has a product called the flip. And those are both right. my favorites. And they are so different from each other. And there are some products that didn't work exactly you know, for what my needs were. And so I had to kind of do a little trial and error. But you know, it's a worthwhile journey. Take the time, go online. Tango's website is beautifully, beautifully designed. Oh, it you, is. You know, well curated. Um, look at what the design is. Look at what, what it does. Look at what's internal. Just consider all these different factors, but be willing to kind of do a little trial and error. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I've actually been recommending for people for years, like I will go into, I'll bring groups into sex toy stores and do, you know, classes on sex toys or even like concierge services where I I take a couple into a sex toy store and we go through things. And one of the things I've been recommending, God, for I don't even know how many years, but many is the Tenga egg. Because for me, the way I view it, if you're a couple that's a little bit apprehensive about using a sex toy together, or you've never used a sex toy together, or a sex toy on a penis together it's very you know literally hands-on because it's something that you stroke with it's something that you can you know you can blow job a little over it when you stretch it thin or even like pop a hole through it and have the head sticking out so you can use it as a blow job helper and to me it's a it's a really nice stepping stone 
into like, okay, we got a little bit of the toy experience, but it was still very couplesy and hands on. Right. And it's yeah. not threatening looking in its mm-hmm. in its creation. It literally if for those that aren't familiar, it, it is a rubber looking egg with a hole in it. And you know, again, if it's left out, it's not identifiable for those that are unsure about that. Um, you could travel with it. If, if it's seen somehow falling out of your pocket, no one will even know what it is. And I like what you just said. It's so, it's so usable in so many different ways, but it's very hands-on for sure. And it's also cheap. I'm a cheap bastard, and that's the most affordable sex toy on the market. I remember, like, in one time, you snuck one in my luggage when I had a business trip out of town. She, yeah, and she's never done that with any other sex toys, but she threw an egg in my luggage, not, you know, and I didn't know it was there. And then I found out, and she told me to check in my pocket, and I looked, and oh my gosh, my, look what my wife did. So, but that's love. See, see yeah. let's, let's make that a part of the mission is to, to purchase a sex toy for your partner, uh, you know, especially if they're going away or for their birthday or Valentine's Day or Christmas. Like, that's an act of love and care because you're saying your pleasure is meaningful to me and and I want to prioritize that and you don't always have to have sex with me. I know that I don't own your sexuality. So I love that. That's awesome. One of the things that I'm very concerned with is can I masturbate too much? Because I don't believe in porn addiction. I don't believe in sex addiction. I, you know, I look at that as like the anti-vaxxer realm of, you know, things to do with sexuality. Right. But, you know, being a 49-year-old and I masturbate two to three times a day, is that too much? Right. I love this question and it doesn't come up enough because I think, like you said, the the anti-vaxxers well said, Um, you know, no. And a lot of the people, even people that are really uber sex positive and anti, you know, sex and porn addiction, I think some of them would still give you the old school answer of, well, as long as it's not interfering with, you know, work and, and relationship, then it's okay. But I don't agree. I think it's okay if it does interrupt work and relationship. I'm working really hard on us getting away from this Americanized notion that productivity is of the utmost importance at all times and pleasure is not allowed to ever interrupt productivity and that relationality has to be the most important thing. Not everyone's highly sociable. Um, not everyone wants to be a raging capitalist and put income and productivity before everything else. So for some people, pleasure comes first or they're all about a balance. And so if masturbation is taking time away from things, for some people, that's a radical act of uh, self-esteem or self-care and legitimization of pleasure versus, you know, this over focus on work and workaholism. So my definition is no. And for those that are more solo sexed, either in full sexual orientation or like myself, just through a phase, it's going to be something that's very dominant in our lives, especially, you know, sexually. So no, you can't masturbate too much because there's no, you know, negative uh, side effects as long as you're not doing it to a point of harming yourself physically, which can occur. And in which case I'd say making sure you're using lube and all that. Um, no, I think it's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. And by the way, being a sex educator, I've actually harmed myself accidentally when testing sex toys because it was an <laughs> awful product. So I'm going to take exception to that one thing. Well and, you know, but uh, it's just amazing hearing somebody give me validation that 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 I'm not masturbating too much, that this is something that's positive. Well, it's also cross-cultural because – or it's not cross-cultural, I should say, because you know what's really interesting about the the story of how – uh, tanga came to be is it's born out of a culture japan where men are seen as being most manly and masculine if they mo- if they masturbate a decent amount of times throughout the day and they'll have competitions about who can masturbate more in a day and so for wow. them quite different where 
it's very legitimized. It's very prioritized. Um, you wouldn't necessarily feel bad about acknowledging you masturbated in your office or in the bathroom. It's kind of like, wow, you are that sexual. And so, you know, in America, again, we're very pleasure phobic. We're body phobic. We're afraid of genitals. But that's not true in all cultures. That is amazing to hear. I mean, just being an American, we have this puritanical work ethic that translates over not only for our primacy to work, but we always tend to work harder and not smarter. But I'm telling you what, as somebody who's been a participant in an ookie gookie cookie contest, which is where you're jacking <laughs> off onto a cookie and the one to come last has to eat the cookie. Oh, my gosh. Japanese people would probably excel at that, I would think, due to the amount of masturbation that they do throughout the day. So, Japanese listeners, please, let us I challenge you to an ookie gookie cookie contest. Anybody who wants to do it, I'm down. You can't just drop that and, and walk away. I need to hear a little bit more. Where where did this occur, this contest? All over, all the time. <laughs> we do, oh. at, yeah, parties, bars, whatever. Like we, yeah, oh, it's regularly. Uh, my best friend and the best man at my wedding was Mr. Smaya Sinstras, and we regularly get together and have antics. And one of the things that we do was at, at a party, and this was at a regular party, and it was it was consentful. It was negotiated and all of the good stuff, but everybody that was there wanted a chance to participate in the ookie gookie cookie contest. And we'd all been tested and it, like, so we were comfortable doing this, but yeah, we all jacked off onto a cookie and the one who did it last is the one who had to eat the whole thing. Oh and it was God. a, uh, Neop- oh, what was the cookie? It was a, it was a, uh, Oh, it was like a little, a little, um, like a shortbread, little like butter cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Did that, did that make you losing that much easier because that's oh your hell yeah because if it was white chocolate chip macadamia nut i'd be holding off so that i could eat the cookie at the end oh, you're killing me. <laughs> so if you're ever in chicago we need to hang out because we'll... yeah, sure you guys don't mess around <laughs> <laughs> no and it's funny that you were talking about the um the jerking off in the bathroom in Japan isn't abnormal because we we both engage in, in BDSM and a lot of like, you know, long distance kind of mental play. And one of our things for both of us, for our submissives will be like in the middle of work, like drop everything you're doing and go to the bathroom and jerk off and send me a picture. Now that's not going to be taboo. Like if we make that normal, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking away all of your fun, but it's a, there's a good purpose to that. You know, <laughs> no, I get it. I'm just I'm just. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Sonny you'll find some other zingers to put out there for your sub. So Oh yes, I will. Yes, I will. So all right, going back to the person who's listening who's like, all right, I want to buy a dick toy. Where do they start? Like I said, sure. we're on Team Tanga. So we we just like they're not paying us. We just love Tanga products, but what are some some good starters that are non-threatening or easy or maybe easier even on the pocketbook? Sure. I I always say sex sleeves. Um it's going to be a motion and a feeling and a concept that most people are comfortable with, something that's kind of, you know, quote unquote penetrative. And so there's a multitude of them available. I always say start there, you know, with the long term goal in mind that at some point you want to get to something that's maybe prostate related. Um, but I think the sleeve is probably the most basic and the most comfortable. And, you know, again, if you're looking at something like the Tanga egg, it's quite affordable. So now what about, because I know Tenga does make some vibrating toys and generally yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, no, well now that, yeah, they make the flip hole zero that he's been fucking that thing. Like I, I haven't seen him for days. <laughs> That's I, yeah, seriously, since I got that, I've been fucking nothing except for that. And then the one time I tried the dissatisfier and then almost cried because I wasted my cum on that toy instead of on my flip hole zero. Well, at least the dissatisfier, you know, did the job. I'm surprised. <laughs> 
anyway, but um, it, it's it appears that a lot of the um uh, vibrating toys that Tenga makes are intended for vulvas and vaginas. Yes. However, is there a way that we can repurpose them for people with penises? Sure can, because I have. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm of the mind that what is the joke that they say everything is a sex toy as long if, as long as you're creative enough or confident enough, and you know, I am. And so, yeah, I have I have a multitude of their products, and I do have their like I said, it's kind of a handheld vibrator with a ring on it that you can you know slip your finger through to kind of hold on to, and you can use that for external anal stimulation or in the perennial area, um, under the balls as well, on the penis, the shaft itself. And it's amazing. You can use it on your nipples. I mean, it's for full use. I just wouldn't use it for penetration. But again, put a condom on it. You can. Um, just got to be creative. Wonderful. This has been an, an illuminating conversation. And and like I said, you know, we don't talk about masculine sexuality enough. We don't talk about penises enough. I'm sorry, Ken, we don't. So... This is your episode. You too, Dr. Chris. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for from all the penises in the world. Thank uh, you for starting with us, Dr. My pleasure. Chris. My pleasure. You are a superhero of penises. My pleasure. <laughs> so where can our audience learn more about you? I know you have sure. your your book. I love Sex Outside the Lines. I don't know if you've got anything new coming up. Like, tell us all the places we can find you, Tango, sure. all the good stuff. Sure. My book is Sex Outside the Lines. That came out two years ago. Uh, I have something. I'll be making an announcement very soon about something happening. Very oh, soon. oh, I is that all you can say though? Yes, I'm just. Oh, damn. Okay. I know. Damn. I'll come back. We'll talk about it then. Um, okay. Also, my podcast with Amber Rose Love Line. You can subscribe to that on you know Spotify, iTunes, my website drcristanu.com, my social media. Um, I'm kind of all over the place right now. I also write a weekly sex and life, uh, sex and dating column for a site called Hornet. So um, just kind of Google me. I'm all over. You are everywhere. Try, you really try are. Dominate. <laughs> nice, nice. So for anyone listening who didn't catch all that, as always, all of those links will be in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com. And we want to thank you for talking to us today. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Dr. Chris. No, and thank you too for doing the work you do. Valuable, needed, and I'm glad we're all on the same side. Oh, we're having a little love fest. Oh, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Dr. Chris. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex. American Sex.